The disappearance of Brandon Lawson is not just baffling, it's also terrifying. Police believe that Brandon left his life on his own accord. But when I listen to the facts in this story, I don't agree. We live our daily lives carefree with the thought that 911 and law enforcement are there to help us when we're in danger. But what if you needed help and that system failed? What if you went missing? And instead of being one of those people that law enforcement never gives up on, you're the one that they just decided left your life on your own accord. And just like that, they stop looking. Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Welcome back. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster. I'm just going to jump right into the timeline of what happened to Brandon Lawson. On August 8th, 2013, Brandon and his common-law wife, Ladessa, got into an argument. And like couples so often do, Brandon left the house in the heat of the moment. At about 11.30 p.m., Brandon spoke to his father and said that he was stressed out and wanted to get away. Brandon's dad may have lived a few hours away, but Brandon wanted to make the drive to his house. At about 12.10 a.m., Brandon's brother, Kyle, came over. Ladessa had been contacting the family and expressing concern about Brandon. I'm not positive where Kyle went, but he didn't stay very long. And at 12.30 a.m., Brandon calls Kyle and tells him he's run out of gas on Highway 277 near Bront, Texas. Brandon calls Ladessa, but her phone is dead. I believe it's going straight to voicemail. Because Brandon has taken the only phone charger in the house, Ladessa's charging her phone in the car. And at 12.50 a.m., Brandon called 911 from his cell phone. 9-2-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-
okay. But Brandon says they got the first guy or they shot the first guy. And she seems to think that there's a need here for an ambulance because she asks, do you need an ambulance? And some people think that this is another person. Someone says, yeah, it's possible Brandon turned his head away from the phone or that it is another person in the background. But then Brandon changes that answer and says, no, I need the cops. And that is mysteriously where that 911 call ends. Many people believe that the 911 call was altered, but the family stated that this was the call that they received when they requested it, and there's no other version of the call. People have gone around and around and around. They've slowed it down. They've cleaned it up. Nobody truly 100% knows what that call says. And when you hear it, it seems like a key. It seems like some sort of evidence to where if you could just figure it out, you would know what happened to Brandon. But the unfortunate part is that no one knows what happened to Brandon. Brandon Lawson has been missing for eight years. I hope you guys don't mind, but I thought I would take a minute and play you a clip from this week's Patreon episode. And on January 5th, 2010, the judge agreed that the girls would live with their mother for a two-week trial period. Now, what we have here is at least four generations of women, broken women, influencing this situation. The reason I say at least is because I found mention of Della's mother. Della's mother, who would have been the twins' great-great-grandmother, had a nervous breakdown when Della was 12. And back then, they didn't know what they do now about mental health. And I'm just going to guess she did not get the proper treatment that she needed. The mental illness in the family could have possibly skipped Della, but it doesn't appear to have skipped Della's daughter, Linda, who had a drug problem. And she gave birth to her daughter, Nikki, while she was in prison. I don't have an exact time frame for when Linda entered Nikki's life, but she was an absent parent. It seems to me that it might have been in the early 2000s. It's thought Linda may have been pushing Nikki to be a better mother and have her children live with her. Nikki's mother, Linda, who had been absent all those years, may have been trying to prevent Nikki from making the same mistakes. But in my opinion, things don't just work that way. I've seen so much information that paints Nikki as this wonderful single mother. But from the articles I've read, I don't agree. Unfortunately, she got pregnant with twins very young. Unfortunately, the father was also an absent parent. Unfortunately, she missed out on very important bonding time. It's in the early years that your children learn that you are their caregiver, that you provide for them, that you're the one that deserves respect. And I'm not surprised to hear that the girls did not view their mother as an authority figure in their lives. Imagine bonding with your great-grandmother. She is your attachment, your caregiver, your support only to be taken back by someone who did not provide those very essential things to you. 
I have sympathy for these girls, but I also have sympathy for Nikki. Imagine trying when the odds are against you to do the right thing only to be fought against at every turn, a control struggle of epic proportions. There's no winners in this situation. Everyone was a victim. But all the emotional trauma this family had endured could not prepare them for the horror that would happen next. If you want to hear more, consider joining our Patreon for just $5 a month. Back to the story. Now, what we know so far is that Brandon has run out of gas. He's called his brother Kyle, and his brother Kyle is going to bring him gas. He has left on a relatively long journey going to his father's house, and he's on a large stretch of road. And it's kind of strange that Brandon would get on this road, this long stretch of road, with not very much gas in his car. But there was a gas station at the end of like this long rural stretch. So Brandon may have been attempting to make it there. I'm not 100% as to how far it is, how huge the stretch of road could possibly be. If that was like an unrealistic thought or if Brandon could have thought that he could possibly make it. But at 12.58 a.m., a truck driver passes by Brandon's truck and it's parked haphazardly on the side of the road you know and the truck driver's thinking about it and he gets to that gas station that gas station that Brandon would have reached and the truck driver tells the attendant you know there's this guy down the road he's parked like an idiot no lights on anything it is the middle of the night somebody's gonna hit him And the attendant says, you know, you should call and report that. So the truck driver actually made a 911 call from the gas station and reported Brandon's truck haphazardly parked on the side of the road. Now at 1.10 a.m., so this is only 13 minutes later, Kyle and Kyle's girlfriend, Audrey, arrived at Brandon's truck on the side of the road. Now, Kyle doesn't have the gas just yet. He did not have any money. His check had not cleared. He was going to have to get either Brandon and take him to the gas station or money from Brandon, you know, to go to the gas station and fill up his gas can. But Kyle is there. He has his gas can. And a cop pulls up about the same time as Kyle to Brandon's truck. Now, this cop is not there because of Brandon's 911 call, that frantic call that we just heard. That cop has stopped on the side of the road because that truck driver called. Brandon's 911 call was never properly routed. It went to like the basement, like the 911 workers are working in like a basement of a nursing home. It doesn't seem like this system was really properly equipped to handle some types of emergency calls. The dispatcher didn't know where Brandon was. He does tell her the stretch of road that he's on and what way he was going, but this is wilderness. It's what they call the woods. Now, up here in Michigan, it's not what we call the woods. We call thick tree-filled areas woods. This is more like 
tall brush and cactuses and things like that, but it's a humongous field. And the terrain isn't exactly flat and easy. It's known to be rough. But a cop, Kyle, and Kyle's girlfriend are all by Brandon's truck. At 1.18, eight minutes later, Kyle's girlfriend, Audrey, texts Brandon to let him know there was a cop at his truck. Brandon calls Kyle's girlfriend and tells her he is 10 minutes up the road and that he's bleeding. The signal is either lost or Brandon hangs up, but regardless, the call is ended. At 1.19 a.m., Brandon's cell phone pings at a tower up the road. At 1.30, Kyle drives up and down the road, calling for Brandon. At 3.30, Brandon's phone starts going straight to voicemail. At 4.30 a.m., Kyle called Ledessa and told her that he located Brandon's truck but not Brandon. Kyle buys gas at the gas station, his check has now cleared, and he takes it back to Brandon's truck for when Brandon returns. But Brandon doesn't return. So now that we know the timeline of what happened that night, I want to tell you some things that we know about Brandon. Brandon was a father of four. He had three children with his common-law wife, Ladessa, and one from a previous relationship that he had. And Brandon had visitation with this child. He was known to be a good father. Unfortunately, no one's perfect, and True Crime Garage reported about a year and a half ago that Brandon's brother Kyle had helped Brandon score some meth, and this is what caused the initial fight between Brandon and Ledessa. You see, Kyle stated that Brandon would do meth on occasion, having two-day binges and then staying clean for months. Ledessa was not a fan of these relapses, And I mean, I can't blame her. Brandon was scheduled to start a new job and a family advocate stated that he had just passed a drug test the day earlier. There was no drug or drug paraphernalia found in Brandon's vehicle. But we have to note here that the truck was not processed right away. It was towed to remove it from the road and it was searched later. There are some things in this case that point to Brandon being on drugs. At first, when questioned by police, Brandon's whole family insisted that he was not on drugs. I mean, but I can see why. They don't want Brandon to get in trouble for using. And Brandon did have some trouble with the law before. It seemed that the whole family was very untrustworthy of the police. Brandon did have a warrant out for his arrest. And there are theories that state that Brandon may have just disappeared purposefully. But Brandon had had warrants before, and he had dealt with them, and he had served time. And the warrant that he had didn't seem like anything that was going to give him a significant amount of time that he should have feared. Brandon had called 911, and he had requested a cop. I mean, you heard that too, right? I heard him clearly say, I need the police. But Kyle was actually on the phone with Brandon when he pulled up to Brandon's truck and saw the cop. And Brandon told Kyle, I can see you. I'm right here. But Kyle couldn't see Brandon. 
And when Brandon found out that there was an officer at his truck, Brandon said one time run, which I guess means cop run. And when Kyle said, I'm not going to run, I haven't done anything, Brandon replied with, where's your pride? And so this is kind of fishy, right? Because Brandon had called the police. He had requested help from the police. And now he was telling his brother to run. Now, Kyle assumed that Brandon was running from the police because of his warrant for possession. But Kyle did not know that Brandon had called the police. He didn't know that Brandon had requested police assistance. Brandon's family did not even know about the 911 call that Brandon made until they were going through phone records after the fact. Now, Brandon did tell Kyle and his girlfriend that he was bleeding, but they did not take this as Brandon was having like a major emergency. They thought he had run into a cactus or tripped and fell. You know, they had like a bloody knee. They did not get the impression that Brandon was in a dire situation. So even though Brandon had told Kyle to run, Kyle expected that when the cop left, his brother would answer the phone or come out of the woods. But Brandon didn't. Brandon's family reported him missing, and they did do some searches. Ledessa did a privately funded aerial search. During these searches, they take a variety of pictures. And they look through the pictures later and see if they can find anything out of the ordinary. But like I said earlier, this is known to be rough terrain. It is not flat ground. Ledessa said searching these pictures was not as easy as you would think. The land that Brandon disappeared on is privately owned. And a few searches were originally done within a certain radius around his truck. But after that, they were told that they weren't allowed on the land and that they would be arrested for going onto the land. The family wanted to search more in the area of Brandon's last cell phone ping, which was three miles from Brandon's truck, which seems a little bit strange because when Brandon's brother Kyle pulled up, Brandon said, I see you, I'm right over here. But this is also in the middle of the night in a field. I mean, I don't know how far away you could see headlights, but I feel like you could probably see them for miles. Unfortunately, I don't believe the area of Brandon's last cell phone ping was ever ground searched. Cadaver dogs were taken to the area on October 24th and came back with nothing. One theory has to do with the wild boar in the area. The scent of wild boar can throw off cadaver dogs. And although it's rare, wild boars can attack humans And wild boars can devour a whole body, leaving nothing behind. Another theory is that Brandon had meth psychosis. It's rare, but symptoms include hallucinations, delusions, paranoia, and aggression. Infrequent users of meth are actually more likely to develop meth psychosis. We don't know what happened. Brandon could have been pulled over. Some people claim that they hear staper in the 911 call and something ominous could have happened. There could have been more people in the woods that night. Maybe there was a drug deal gone wrong or maybe Brandon was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
Some have said that if Brandon was on drugs, he got what was coming to him or he should have known better. It doesn't matter if someone is on drugs or if someone is clean, they still deserve to be found. There's still a person. There's still a human being. There's somebody's son, somebody's husband, somebody's brother, somebody's father. Brandon had four children and they deserve to know what happened to Brandon. It's important that we keep stories like this alive and keep looking for clues and keep trying to figure out what happened to people like Brandon Lawson. I do apologize that this episode was late. It was my son's 10th birthday over the weekend and it just took up way more of my time than I expected. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for a new episode. Stay safe and remember, evil people are everywhere. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. You can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a YouTube channel. All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast five-star rating, sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.